0: Welcome to Of Slippers and Spindles. I am Drew.
1: And I'm Cassie.
0: Welcome to week one of the return of Of Slippers and Spindles. We are officially jumping into our first retelling. Yay!
1: Yeah, we're talking about Red Riding Hood, the movie from 2011.
0: That's right. The Amanda Seyfried 2011 Red Riding Hood film. I'll just say right up here up front... If you have not seen this movie, you probably want to watch it before you listen to this podcast because, as always, we are not a spoiler-free podcast. And this may be, like, the most mystery-esque retelling we've ever covered. So, like, if you are interested in the mystery, if you're sensitive to spoilers at all, this is the one to make sure you watch the thing before you listen to the episode because...
1: Yeah, because this one is really, it is a good mystery. And it's Mm -hmm. they, it really is like this question of who is the culprit? Like who's Mm -hmm. behind all these things that are happening? And they're pretty good at their misdirection. And so the ending can be kind of a surprise.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is your official warning from here on out. Spoilers are free game. So mm-hmm. let me ask you off yes. of that. did you guess? I did who, who I it was? did you did oh, okay, but
1: i I figured it out in a way that feels like cheating, okay, because it wasn't much to do with the clues in the story. Hmm. It was more process of elimination because I know how storytelling yeah
0: works. sure.
1: And so it was like, okay, the movie really wants me to think it's one of these three characters, so I'm going to eliminate all of those three characters. I know it's not any of those three. Right, right, yeah. And so like, I was focusing on the background characters like pretty early on, mm-hmm. and I used one in-story clue about each generation the wolf gets stronger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And so from then it was like, okay, so it's one of these two people Which one are they trying to downplay more? Mm
0: -hmm. It's very, it's very, uh, Scooby Doo slash the office of which person do I most medium suspect?
1: Yes, exactly. So I did figure it out, but, but more because I understand how stories like this are put together. Um, and less because I like actually used the, the clues from the movie to figure yeah. out who the,
0: yeah who the werewolf yeah, was. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So something that I think is really fun about this movie, I don't know if you know this or not, but when this movie first came out, um, they put out a novelization as well, which is a common practice, obviously, for movies today.
1: I did know that, but yeah.
0: do you know what was different about this particular novelization?
1: Was it a different wolf?
0: No, they okay. did not include the final chapter of the book because they wanted the mystery to remain.
1: Ooh, So you okay. had to go see the movie. Okay, and I'm once, intrigued.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then, so once the movie was released, they posted the final chapter online for readers t- to read.
1: Fascinating.
0: Yeah, so my sister Fascinating. is a huge okay. reader. She read the book before seeing the movie and was livid. She got to the end <laughs> and was like, are you kidding me? So um It's I, smart I though. That's it's that's so really smart. I know, it is smart. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how well it worked. I'd be interested to know because like obviously oh, there was, you can find online like this is a thing that they did, but there's no reports about like what was the result of that. Do they think that more people saw the movie because of that? I'd be interested to know.
1: I would too, and I think that this is um this was kind of in the heyday of experimenting with interactive storytelling Mm. yeah so there is a book series that was released over the course of 2009 through like 2016 so over the course of about five years or so a little bit more Um, and the first book's called skeleton creek and it was a dual perspective mystery novel Where you have two characters who are sharing their thoughts and recollections as they try to solve this, this like, suspenseful mystery. And one of them is writing in a journal. The other one makes videos, like video diary kind of deal. Mm, And so mm -hmm. you would read the book and you would read the journal and then you would get to the page where it was like – to get the next part of the story, go to this web address. Whoa!
0: Yeah, and you would cool. type
1: it in, and you would type the password, and then you could watch the video that was the next chunk of the story. And so that came out in about 2009, the first book of that series. And so I feel like this period of time, like 2009 to like 2012, 2013 people were getting creative with storytelling formats. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's when kind of we had the rise of like the web series on uh, YouTube as well, doing serial kind of storytelling in that format. And so it's interesting to me that that's right when this book was released with that whole kind of almost interactive element with the last chapter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the – time period of when this movie came out is very important in understanding it not just because of what we've talked about so far but because this is when kind of gritty fairy tales are coming back you know the early 2000s is all like shrek and la enchanted and brightly colored fairy tales this we're getting into the era of snow white and the huntsman and tim burton's alice in wonderland and those kind of darker fairy tales and on top of that this movie is obviously very heavily influenced by Twilight, because and that's those movies. Why that I
1: out. did not see it mm-hmm. until this past week because I remember seeing trailers for it and I remember sitting in the theater watching the trailer and people were like, "Oh, it's a fairy tale. Cassie's going to want to go see it," and I'm like, "Nah, I don't," because they pushed so hard. On, if you like Twilight, come watch this movie. And I did not like Twilight at all. Yeah. And so I was like, I want no part of that. Yeah. And so I just actively didn't watch it. I made the active decision not to.
0: Yeah. I saw it anyway because I will watch anything that's a fairy tale retelling. But I, I just think it's interesting to think about, like, how would this movie be marketed today versus then? Because then there was a heavy influence on the Love Triangle. And even watching the movie, I don't really feel like the Love Triangle is important really in any way it's like to not me a there's no true love triangle no no there's no choice between the two she's very clearly interested in one particular person and i think if you marketed it today the or the the emphasis would be on the mystery
1: i agree uh 100% and i will say that i unfairly judged this movie because having watched it this week i really liked it and i thought it oh, was good. really I'm so well glad. done it's it's a really good adaptation of Little Red Riding Hood.
0: I think it's really interesting, and I know one of your criteria at the end is like, don't make it a werewolf. Like, well, that's my bonus else. points. Yeah, your bonus criteria is like find a way to do it that's not a werewolf. But I think because ultimately the werewolf of the story is not the love interest, I think it feels less.
1: It feels less that weird. way, and also it's very upfront about the fact that it's a werewolf.
0: Like oh, it's true. the
1: werewolf portion is not a twist. Yeah. It's not like surprise yeah. at the end. It's yeah. from the very beginning. It's like, hey, this wolf is a werewolf. And so because of that, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point.
1: It was more palatable to me. And I thought they did it really well. So let's go ahead and, and jump into kind of going through the movie kind of beat by beat. Yeah. Um I I will say we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, there's been a bit more of a delay than usual between me watching this movie and us recording this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I have consumed media and recorded other podcast episodes in between. That is so the trickiest I, thing I'm, about, the, about know.
0: running a podcast. That's all about like books and movies is that like you do everything you can to like have the last thing you do before you watch the podcast be either reading that book or watching that movie, but sometimes the timing doesn't work.
1: Yeah, and so since I watched *Little Red Riding Hood*, I have uh, read a book called *Heartstone*, which is *Pride and Prejudice* and *Dragons* for uh, my other podcast network. I've read *Northanger Abbey* by Jane Austen and watched *Northanger Abbey* for my other podcast. Um, so, so I've got some separation between yeah. myself and watching this movie, and I have a notebook of notes. Uh, But I don't guarantee that I'm going to remember what
0: they mean. Since I watched Red Riding Hood, I have read Red by Liesl Shurtleff, Dark Shimmer by Donna Jo Napoli, Ash by Melinda Lowe. I'm halfway through another book called Never After by Rebecca Lickus. And I'm sure I've watched several movies. So look, I'm there with you. If we forget some details along the way this is just a little bit of an anomaly of an episode for us. But I've got copious notes. So I think we'll be okay.
1: I think so too. My first note is I like the early hints of how the story will play out. And I think I'm referring to we we meet Little Red, who in this version is called Valerie. Mm -hmm. And we meet her as a child. And we're shown that her mother gives her directives like stay on the path. Don't wander off into the woods and we're shown that even as a child she does not obey those directives and so that's kind of a hint of this story and who this character is and i thought that was a nice little nod
0: yeah and we also get some very clear setup of the village where valerie has grown up and the most important part of this setup is that there is some kind of wolf and they make a sacrifice of their best livestock every full moon To this wolf in order to, you know, maintain this relationship where he does not necessarily kill the humans of this village. Um,
1: This was my first big question about the world building itself, because uh they keep talking about this bargain. Like we have to hold up our end of this bargain. And if we give these goats or whatever, the bargain is that the wolf won't kill our people. Who did they make this bargain with?
0: Like how I, did this bargain come to I be? I imagine that it's like like a an unspoken agreement that has just developed over the years like because as we know this wolf has been plaguing this village for generations we later learned that it's not the same wolf that whole time, but right. this is an ongoing thing. So I have to imagine, like, long, trial long, and long time ago, yeah, so someone was like, what if we put out these pigs for this wolf and see if he eats the pigs instead of the humans? And it worked, and then that's just kind of passed down through the
1: generations. Okay. It's just, it's weird the language that they use to talk about
0: yeah, it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Cause that was my question. I got pulled out of the story for a minute, but like, how would you make a bargain with this wolf when you don't know who the wolf is? And that's the whole mystery is who is terrorizing your town. Um, but we, we meet Valerie as a child and then we watch her kind of grow up and her best friend is this guy named Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, who is, that's who she used to sneak off into the woods. And Peter, when they grow up is a woodsman, uh, like Val's father and, she they're very much, very clearly in love.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. And so Peter tells Valerie, they're like kind of flirting, and he tells her, They've arranged for you to marry Henry Lazar. So he's suggesting that they run away together. So um this is like an important thing in terms of the love triangle, that like she's in love with Peter, but her family and the the Lazar family have arranged for her to marry henry and so another important thing that's going to come back over and over is the idea of running away so it actually seems like they are about to like run away together and then there's a a bell that tolls that signals that there's been a wolf attack and so they kind of run to the village and amanda seyfried very awkwardly says mother Father, it's so like it's the worst line of the whole movie for me. It was, it yeah, took me it out of it. Wasn't I was like, great. that was so awkward. But we find out that Valerie's sister, Lucy, has been killed by the wolf.
1: And my note here is that I feel like that would be a more emotionally impactful moment if the sister had been introduced at all
0: before totally that. Totally agree. Moment. Totally agree. We, we see Lucy more character. later, but we should have met Lucy at least for a moment well
1: because they did that whole flashback in the beginning like showing her as a child exactly. and they could have at least mentioned like take 30 i also to had show an older Lucy. sister yeah yeah I because agree. here it's like we're sobbing over the body of this young girl it's like oh it's my sister but i have no reason to be connected to the sister yeah. i have no reason to believe that you are connected to the sister because there's been no introduction. There's, yeah,
0: point. yeah. They haven't even told us up to this point that she has a sister. The introduction to the yeah. sister is she's dead. So yeah, I do agree. It would have taken just a few seconds to establish a connection there.
1: Yeah, and then we meet Henry, her betrothed. And my note is that boy literally looks identical to the forced boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... The two uh...
1: love interests look exactly the same. They're both tall... Pale young men with dark hair and impressive cheekbones.
0: Listen, Cassie, like, are, are you identical. team Peter or team Henry?
1: I don't like love triangles, so I don't <laughs> like to choose sides in them. I like you know what? I'm with you. both characters, honestly. And I honestly really like Henry as a character.
0: See, that's my thing is I actually like Henry better as a character. But for Valerie, mm-hmm. like Valerie clearly has no interest in him at no interest like, in any Henry. point. So, yeah. So it does not. I have to imagine. I've never seen Twilight, but I have to imagine in Twilight, you like at least connect her to both Jacob and Edward. And she's in at Twilight,
1: least vaguely she's interested pulled, in both. Yeah. She's pulled back and forth between both boys. And it's yeah. this question of which boy do I choose? This movie, that's not a question. She no. never at, at any point goes, well, maybe I'll choose Henry. Never at any point.
0: No. And I
1: actually genuinely appreciate that because I don't love like. I don't like love triangles. Yeah, uh, I'm not here for them. Either, I find them so. to be cliched and overblown, and so much emphasis gets put on like the wrong thing and things I don't care about. So I actually really liked how this movie handled it, and I mm-hmm. like Henry's character a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um. Eventually. 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 At yeah. The here, here at the beginning, bland.
0: he's a little. Yeah, he's a little boring. So what's happening here is we we go to Lucy's. Funeral slash wake. I don't know what you would call it. Exactly. They're preparing
1: her for burial.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so the uh, the Lazars arrive, but Valerie does not want to talk to Henry because she's not interested in this engagement at all. And so the men then leave for the tavern and the women stay behind with Lucy. And Valerie has a conversation with her mother and she learns First, that her mother didn't love her father when they first got married because her, her mother's trying to say, oh, just marry Henry. I didn't love your father either. It's going to be okay. But gradually, we also learn that Lucy, the sister who's died, was in love with Henry. Yeah. Meanwhile, the men are at the tavern and they get all riled up and they decide that they should go hunt down the wolf.
1: Yeah. And here's here's another thing. I cannot tell any of these guys apart. I had like literally, I had <laughs> such a hard time figuring out who was who. And like when the dude dies in the cave, I was literally sitting there going, "I don't know whose father that was." Yeah, it was either Henry's father or Val's father, but I can't. I don't remember his name. And they all look the same because they're all just a bunch of pale white dudes.
0: Yeah, with yeah, dark this movie hair. Is very white. <laughs> It's very white. I only knew who this was because I'd seen the movie before and because I had the captions on. So I was like, ah, okay, this man is named Adrian and he is Henry's father. But yeah, so they, they decide to go hunt down the wolf. They're walking through all these caves and they they keep splitting off. And uh, and that's when, you know, you we hear a scream the and they discover that Adrian's father, or Adrian, Henry's father, has been killed by the wolf.
1: Yeah. But they find a wolf in the cave and they kill the wolf. And then they come back and they're like, we did it. We killed the wolf. Here's his head on a pike. Let's celebrate. And around this time, Valerie goes to visit her grandmother
0: mm-hmm. and
1: in grandmother in the woods because her Valerie's father stops at her grandmother's on the way to the cave. And the grandmother's like, oh, be careful. You know, all this kind of stuff. And my note here is, is Granny the wolf? Yes. And then later I watched and I was like, no, they really want me to think Granny's the wolf. Yeah. yeah. They're really pushing Granny as the wolf. They're really pushing Peter as the wolf. And they're really pushing Henry as the wolf. Right.
0: Yeah. Those are the three main suspects. And uh, something that, another thing that I think is interesting about this movie is so Julie Christie, who plays the grandmother, is very well known for her blue eyes. And everyone in this movie, except for Amanda Seyfried, how do you say her name? I don't know. Seyfried they all wear brown contacts because the wolf is established as having brown contacts. So every background character, every supporting character, if you're not Valerie, they either have brown eyes or they're wearing brown contacts in order to like maintain the, the possibility that it could be anybody. Who is the wolf? Which I think is actually pretty smart.
1: I agree. And uh, so there, there's a priest in this village who we, so we established that the werewolf typical werewolf things, can't cross onto holy ground, can be killed by silver, you know, all the all the traditional werewolf
0: mm-hmm. bits. Mm-hmm.
1: And he has sent for a famous werewolf hunter to come and help rid the village of this wolf.
0: And right before he arrives, Valerie sees her mother mourning the death of Adrian. And so she learns that Adrian was the man that her mother was in love with before she married her father. Yes. And so, so Valerie connects the dots and she says, okay, mom, why did you not want Lucy to marry Henry? And her mother says, Because Lucy's older and Lucy's,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. She's like, you know why? And Valerie's like, no, you, you, I need you to say it. I need you to say it out loud. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, And so her mother confesses that Lucy is actually Adrian's daughter and therefore Henry's half sister, which is actually going to be a very important plot point later on as the mystery unfolds.
1: It is. And my next note is I've got a bad feeling about Claude.
0: Yes. So Claude is a...
1: turned out to be an accurate bad feeling.
0: I know. This is like my biggest problem with this movie is the treatment of Claude. He's established as being disabled or, or you know, there's something there, but they never establish what exactly is going on with him. Um, but yeah, you're right. Not He's not headed and, for a great destiny.
1: And here's the thing. Like, yeah, the treatment of Claude in this movie is not good. Because no. he's used as a scapegoat. Yeah. Um, He is set up as, oh, this must be the wolf because of all of these reasons. He follows witchcraft. He can do card tricks, like all this kind of stuff. Um, And so he's like thrown into this thing and tortured and eventually killed by the werewolf hunter. Trying to force a confession. And yes, that's horrible. Absolutely. However... It doesn't bother me as like something that I think the movie did poorly, because it's very true to witch hunting. Yeah. Unfortunately, um historically. Yeah. And and honestly, most of the time the people who got decried as witches and persecuted in that way were women who were poor, um, women who were ostracized and then people with um some mental disabilities. Yeah. um the the so-called simple-minded uh because they were easy scapegoats and yeah. it's horrifying and it's awful and i think it's supposed to be it's supposed to be horrifying and, and yeah awful to no you're right
0: that. you're right yeah yeah it is established as this like horrific thing that happened
1: but that's jumping ahead a little bit
0: yeah 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 that's okay we introduced father solomon who is played by gary oldman and oh so good He's very good in this role. I don't always love Gary Oldman, but he's very good in this role. He um is a werewolf hunter. He
1: brings his children with him on the monster hunting mission. Yes,
0: he brings his, his two daughters and they're like, are you going to find the monster that killed mom? And he's like, "I I, I sure hope so. and then the the villagers are like we don't need you anymore we caught the wolf look here's its head and he's like let me tell you a story of the time that my friends and i hunted a werewolf we cut off its paw when i got home my wife's hand was cut off and then i looked at the paw in my pocket and discovered that it had turned back into a human hand and so i killed my wife and told my daughters that the wolf killed my wife so that is just a regular wolf because if it was a werewolf the head would have turned back into a human head which is very dark
1: <laughs> very dark and it should be noted he's carrying this hand around with him yeah like he has yeah. it in a box he opens yeah. the box and shows them
0: yeah which it's very weird
1: it's unsettling and also like there's no proof you cut that off a wolf, but it, it's, it's fine. Mm, yeah, it's I it's that's true. It's, yeah. it's whatever.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Father Solomon also has like all of these ways to potentially kill a werewolf. So he, ha- he has a silver sword that's been blessed. And more importantly, he has um, like additional silver tips that have been added to his fingernails. Which it's is gross. weird and gross, but like a cool detail. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a note here that says, nice nod to three little pigs. I no longer remember what that nod was.
0: Hmm. Oh, uh, there's a line about huffing and puffing and blowing your house down, I think. That's what it was. Yeah. And so we also learned from Solomon that during the week of the blood moon, which comes every 13 years, a werewolf's bite will turn any other human into a werewolf. So that's not something that is like constant with the werewolf. It only happens during the week of the blood moon every 13 years, which conveniently this story is taking place during the week of the blood moon.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, And so he, father Solomon says, have your party, have your celebration. I'm going to bar the gates so that nobody can get in and out, but by all means go celebrate. If you're so convinced that the wolf is is gone and isn't going to harm you.
0: Yeah, so the villagers have this party and all these things happen where like Valerie sees Peter dancing with another girl cuz Peter's at this point has said like we can't be together, you need to go marry Henry. And then Henry confronts Peter because Henry blames Peter for his father's death because it was Peter who said that they should split up in the cave. And then also Valerie tells Peter that she loves him. And they go, like, make out. And then all of a sudden, what do you think would happen? The wolf attacks. But the wolf attacks. Of course. And
1: I've got a, I've got a note here that says, Okay, but once taught me it's never the guy named Peter if they want you to think it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's too obvious. It cannot be... The guy named Peter, when there's a wolf involved. Yeah.
1: Peter and the wolf.
0: Peter and the wolf.
1: Yeah. And so the wolf shows up and starts killing everybody.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Attacking everybody. Everybody's running. They're like, get to the church because it's holy ground and the wolf can't get you there. But Val's friend, Roxy, can't find her brother, Claude. So Val is helping Roxy find Claude. And they get cornered by the wolf. And the wolf- can talk to Val. Yes. It's in her head. Nobody else can hear the wolf speaking. She's the only one who can.
0: She's the only one who can. And I thought that can. was a
1: really clever way to incorporate this question of why can the wolf talk?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we will learn why it is only Val. Yes. But, but, but at this point, all we really see is like, Valerie is there with Roxanne. And... Valerie is talking to the wolf and Roxanne is just looking on kind of in horror. And that's all we really know at this point.
1: Yeah. But the wolf is saying, come away with me.
0: Yes. He's come saying, run
1: away with me. Let me mm-hmm. turn you, you know, be with me. Cause that's what the werewolf wants. The werewolf wants Val. And if Val doesn't agree to go with the wolf, the wolf will destroy her village and kill everyone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He kind of says, um, Come with me, and she says, "Like you have to leave everyone alone." If I do, but that might not be till later, actually. But um, so what kind of happens next is that uh, one of the soldiers who was like bitten is still alive, and so Father Solomon kills him with the silver sword right in front of one of the other soldiers who is his brother. But he has to kill him, otherwise he would become a werewolf and. Father Solomon's, like, huge thing is, like...
1: Yeah, so he says a man bitten is a man condemned.
0: We cannot allow wolves to continue to live, yeah. And then, again, Peter says we should run away. And now Valerie declines because now she's wondering, like...
1: Is Peter the wolf? Is he
0: the werewolf? Because the wolf is saying the same thing.
1: Yeah. I've got a note here that says, in case you didn't know Father Solomon was the bad guy, and that could refer to any number of things... Uh, Well, he, he kills the guard in front of his brother and then they find Claude and Claude was doing like sleight of hand magic tricks earlier and he's like, he must be the wolf because of these reasons. And Mm. so they throw him into, you know, this giant brass elephant to be tortured. And Claude's sister, Roxanne, who was the one that was with Val, she is desperate to save her brother. And so she goes to father Solomon to try and make a deal to save her brother. And she offers herself to father Solomon. And it's a really gross scene where he's like, Oh, turn around and let me see you from all sides. And it's like, this is so uncomfortable. And finally in desperation, Roxy says, what if I could give you the name of a witch? Mm -hmm. Would you release my brother?
0: That he is interested in cut to, valerie in shackles and she's kind of like on trial in front of the whole village and so roxanne says she can climb the tallest trees she runs faster than the other girls she wears the devil's color because grandmother you know gave her the red cloak uh, back at the beginning of the movie and she can talk to werewolves and so valerie reveals to everyone that the wolf has promised to leave the village alone if she will go with him And so the the Father Solomon and his guys decide, okay, we should use Valerie as bait. So they end up like putting this iron wolf mask on her and they uh, shackle her in the village square while everybody like hides in their homes in order to try to lure the werewolf out.
1: And then we get a really lovely scene that like genuinely Mm -hmm. I love the direction that they took this because Henry goes to Peter And he goes, we can't let them do this to Val. You and I need to put aside our differences. I understand she's choosing you. I understand she's not interested in me. At this point, he's also released her from their engagement. Because he has has looked at this and he's like, you're not in love with me. You're in love with with Peter. I release you. I would never force you to be in a relationship with me if it's not what you wanted.
0: Yeah. And I I loved that. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. And then also Peter has gone to valerie's father and said i'm going to free valerie and then i'd like to marry her and i'd like your blessing to do it and valerie's father just is like what can i do to help Um,
1: yeah so we've got this plan that's emerging and henry when he's talking to peter is like hey i know you don't like me but you need me i'm a blacksmith and she's in shackles
0: yeah yeah i can get her out yeah
1: like i have the tools to get her out (laughs) so they come up with this plan The three of them to try and free Valerie. But Valerie's father gets caught um, and arrested and thrown in jail because we can't let any of the witch's family go free just in case. Right. So he gets caught and then Peter gets caught.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because they set set a fire in order to be able to sneak Mm -hmm. in and rescue Valerie. So like they're... The the plan is Henry will go in and free Valerie, and then they will meet up with Peter, who's going to have these horses, and that way they can get away. But when they meet up at the rendezvous point, Peter and the horses are not there because, yes, he has now been thrown into the iron elephant that was used to torture Claude.
1: But they don't know that. They just know that he's not there. And yes, yeah. then the wolf shows up
0: dun 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 of course and so the wolf now we up.
1: have we have eliminated henry as the wolf because now we've seen henry and the wolf in the same place in the but same for place, a while yeah. they were really pushing maybe henry's the wolf too mhm mhm
0: but yeah at this point henry is eliminated as a suspect so when the werewolf appears solomon fights it and in a wonderful use of dramatic irony I, uh, yes dramatic irony the wolf Bites off Solomon's hand. And um the, the werewolf tries to once again get Valerie to come with him. Um, but this time she agrees. She says, if you'll spare the rest of the town, I will go with you. But Roxanne and the other girls of the village step in front of her and they won't let him take her because now they're all seeing her confronted with the werewolf. She's standing on like on the holy ground of the holy church. She's like, yep. standing right outside, yeah.
1: And he tries, the wolf tries to get onto holy ground, but gets burned,
0: which is important mm-hmm. later, because yep. how we his identify. Yep, paw gets burned, yep. Paw gets burned. And then, uh, yep, and then once the wolf leaves, Solomon is still alive, but the, the man whose brother Solomon killed earlier is like, guess what, buddy? You've been bitten by a wolf, so therefore... You would become a werewolf. A man bitten is man
1: condemned. That's right. And they kill him and it's a fitting end for the bastard.
0: Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's great. And then um, Valerie faints and she wakes up in bed and she's sleeping next to her grandmother. And she looks at her grandmother and she says, my grandmother, what big eyes you have. What big ears you have etc. But this is all just a dream. It's a She'll concussion dream <laughs> and I
1: loved it. it I like it. was so too, good. Yeah. It was such a yeah. good way to incorporate that because yes, it's not I like agree. it's not like a real thing. She's not really mistaking anybody for her grandmother, but she's got a concussion. Yeah, it's
0: that thing where you're you're dreaming, right? And your friend is in the dream, but your friend doesn't look like your friend. It looks like something else, but you still know it's supposed to be your friend. It's that thing where it's like, that is grandmother, but like her features are twisted. And so it's all, it's just a dream, which is done really well.
1: It's done very, very well. And so she wakes up and she's convinced her grandmother's in danger. And so she... Sets off to her grandmother's house after stopping by the churchyard to get something that we don't something see what it is.
0: We don't know, but she she stops there, and this really is where the Little Red Riding Hood story begins. Comes At in this full point, fort. so far, this has all been backstory, and now yeah. from here through the end of the movie, this is the Little Red Riding Hood story.
1: Yeah, so she's going through the woods. She encounters Peter. Now Peter has been missing since he was supposed to meet her with the horses and she doesn't know that he got thrown into the elephant. He tells her that and then he's like and I was finally able to break out of there and they gave they mm-hmm. did a shot earlier in the movie with like the door to the elephant like hanging off its hinges
0: again yeah. so trying to point, make you
1: think that Peter is the wolf. Yes.
0: We're really like all in on convincing the audience that Peter is the wolf.
1: But he was with Henry, and the moon had already risen, and he wasn't the wolf. And so, like, I don't understand, but it's fine.
0: I already, I don't know. At I'd have to, I'd have to check on was. like the order of events because I, I, I thought that them showing that the iron elephant door was hanging open was trying to say like, you know, he turned into a wolf, and he, he had turned into a wolf and, and so he was and able got to get out, to, yeah, get out, and that's why he was there in the in the village to attack Father Solomon, but. Uh, an important thing also is that Henry is now wearing a glove over his hand, and yeah. we saw the wolf the get his burned. paw burnt. So we yeah. are really like we're all in. Peter's the wolf. Valerie is thinking that he's the wolf too. Um, she so she is him. able to. Yeah, yeah, she's able to get away it's from great. him. She runs to grandmother's house, and um she goes in, and grandmother uh, grandmother's like, "Oh, here, have some of the soup." But Valerie takes a bite of the soup and is like. This tastes
1: wrong. And we haven't seen Granny. We've just heard no, we haven't Granny.
0: seen grandmother. We've only seen her only like silhouette, silhouette kind of behind the, the bed curtains.
1: These lines. And something weird is happening with her voice as she's talking to mm-hmm. um Valerie. And then the curtains are pulled back, and it's not Granny. It it's is crew wolf. It's her father. Da, 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 it's, da.
0: Valerie's father. Yeah, it's Valerie's yeah.
1: father. Which <laughs> makes sense. They've talked through the movie about, like, generationally, a wolf gets stronger if it's able to pass on to a new generation. Yes. So that was when I was yeah. like, okay, it's either the mom or the dad. Um, the mom got attacked by the wolf at one point. Though I did have a moment where I was like, you know, it'd be real smart of a wolf to deflect suspicion oh, oh, yeah. by attacking, yeah, like, themselves. by clawing themselves but yeah. i was like no they they're really trying to play up dad as like inconsequential and unimportant yeah
0: yeah so. and and so he kind of gives his big speech about like this is why i did all of this and it's you know uh, the the werewolf bite is something that is like a traditional thing that you pass down as a birthright To the eldest child, and so he was trying to give that birthright to Lucy, and he lured her to the village square with a a fake letter from Henry, and he tried to talk to her, but Lucy didn't understand him. So that's how we figured out that Lucy could not possibly be his daughter,
1: and that's why he he realizes that
0: yeah that's yeah. why he so killed adrian he, he, he kind of killed her by accident by accident but killing adrian and scarring suzette um valerie's mother those were acts of revenge
1: yes so when you like go back and you look at all the clues that the movies put in you can figure this out which is the mark of a good plot twist you shouldn't yes, I totally see it agree. coming that was, the first yeah. time through but the second time you should see all of the clues
0: yeah, yeah, when I first saw this in 2011, I didn't see it coming. I I
1: I It's wasn't done very very well. At all.
0: Yeah, and this time obviously I knew, so I was I was watching for it and it's it's done very well. It is it's there if you're looking for it. Yeah,
1: they've gotten him out of the way every time the wolf appears, you know, in various ways that like you don't that don't stand out as suspicious yeah. like as you're watching. It's very very well done. Yeah. So he's trying to attack her he wants to turn her she peter comes running in with his axe Mm -hmm. he's the huntsman and he fights with her father and she what she got from the churchyard was father solomon's hand with its silver fingernails
0: and she kills
1: her father with father solomon's hand yes (laughs) it's gross
0: it is gross. Um, it's it's kind of odd. I'm not sure how they came up with that. Like, uh, I guess it works. It's fine, but it is a very strange image.
1: And then you think everything's going to be fine and dandy, and then you find out he bit Peter.
0: Of course. Of so course. so they they take her father's body to the river and they fill it with rocks and they dump it into the river so the Which village I won't loved. know the truth. I know. I love that they it was included so that. I think good. almost no retellings ever include that part. Mm-hmm. So I like that they did. But, and, and there's a purpose to it too. They have to get rid of her father's body because otherwise they'll hang valerie because they will know that she is the daughter of a werewolf and they'll think oh so she's now werewolf or a witch or whatever as well so then um yep they get rid of the body peter says you're not safe with me i have to go away i have to go learn how to control this i have to figure out how to protect you and so he leaves and she promises that she will wait for him Mm -hmm. and then uh she can't live in the village anymore, knowing everything that's happened. So she moves into grandmother's house. Which side note, by the way, I love the design for the grandmother's house. It's I think great. it's just such a cool cottage. No, it's really neat. Um, also, we should yeah. say
1: Granny is dead. Um,
0: oh yeah, 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 yeah. She got killed. Yeah, father the father, father her. figured out that she figured out that he was the wolf. So he he killed her right before. Yeah, uh, Valerie got there, and Sorry. then um, She's we dead. kind of flash forward to a year later. And Valerie is out in the woods, and a wolf approaches her. And then the credits roll.
1: Yeah, I—that's
0: right, Riding Hood.
1: I really liked this movie. I wasn't expecting I to think enjoy it's it. As good. Much as I did. Yeah, but I really liked it. I think it's really well done.
0: I think some of the dialogue needs some work. I think, like, you could easily cut out twenty minutes of this film just yeah. by tightening up the spaces between the dialogue. It's just. It just feels a little longer than it needs to be. But I think, again, that's a product of its time. It was trying to fill out, you know, movies at that time were trying to fill out this certain time length. And I think if you made it today, it would be a little tighter. A little tighter, um, yeah. I think overall, like, the story and the mystery itself is really good. I, I enjoy it.
1: I agree completely and wholeheartedly. So let's look at this movie with our criteria.
0: Absolutely. So our first criteria is to give Little Red Riding Hood some realistic human intelligence. Um, as we say, no one is going to typically mistake their wolf or their grandmother for a wolf. So we need to explain that. We need to make her feel like a human being. And, she and does, not just a stock this... character. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. I really she's like her. She's smart, Valerie. she's
1: clever, and I really like how they did the wolf Like why, how does the wolf talk and the fact that he can talk to her telepathically and so that when she gets to Granny's house and he's behind the curtain, he can make her hear Granny's voice in her head. And that's how Mm -hmm. he mimics her grandmother is he talks to her telepathically, but she's so distracted that she thinks she's actually hearing it. That was really clever and well done.
0: Yeah, which that actually leads us right into our second criteria point, which is to develop the world and explain some of the questions about why wolves talk, why is she not concerned about that, why does the wolf want to eat humans or kill them. Um, I mean, all of those, I think, are very clearly addressed.
1: The questions that I needed answered about the world for the story- were answered i do still have some lingering questions about the world like Mm. how widespread are werewolves
0: that's a good question i mean they're clearly must be pretty widely spread for father solomon to have like developed his career around right around uh, eliminating them (laughs) um yeah Um,
1: but like that was a question that i had was like how big a danger is this really um if a a village this small was being preyed on so frequently like would it make sense for them to have stayed there rather than like packing up and
0: moving Yeah, that's always where a good not... question with werewolf stories or any story where like a certain village is being preyed on by a monster it's like well then why would you stay in that village like you could just Yeah,
1: why wouldn't you leave?
0: But that's a harder thing to do, you know, in a medieval setting. You can't just You know, pack your things up in a U-Haul and move to a new town.
1: So yeah, so I think that this definitely meets the criteria. I do still have questions about the world, but it's more because I'm really intrigued by the world that they've created, and I I want to know more about it and more about how it works.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't feel like it feels as ill-established as Snow White and the Huntsman's world. I feel like mm -hmm. because the scope is much smaller. I more easily let go of those questions when I'm watching the movie.
1: I understand the world of the village entirely. Mm. I have questions about the world.
0: How it fits into the larger world. Yeah. Into the larger world. But that's not
1: really important for the story. Um, So it's not something that bugs me. And I think that we definitely have met this criteria.
0: Yeah. Um, Our third criteria is um, to include some kind of disguise or some kind of deception involving Granny to make sure that this is, in fact, a Little Red Riding Hood retelling. I think they do this very, very well. We actually Mm kind of do it twice. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked about it already. I think it's done very well.
1: Yes. And my last point was uh, refocus the messaging of Little Red Riding Hood in a way that takes responsibility off of the child, places it onto the adults that should be protecting her. Um, I think they did this really well, too. So this didn't feel like the message was just, well you should obey your elders and not be provocative. Like, that's not the message
0: of this movie at all. No, no, definitely not. I don't know what I would say the message is, but the emphasis isn't really on a message of any kind. It's on the mystery.
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: that's why I think it works.
1: Yeah, and I, especially for a movie that was made in 2011, I really appreciated how they handled kind of Henry's character. And... They, that they didn't make this into a full-blown, like, classic love triangle where you've got to choose between the two guys. I appreciated having this male character who recognized, like, hey, this girl's not in love with me and I don't want to force her into doing anything that she doesn't want to do. So I'm going to bow out gracefully despite my personal mm-hmm. feelings. That, I feel like, is uncommon for a movie of this time. And, yeah, yeah. And, and
0: he's, he's still, like, emotional really refreshing. about it. You know? Yeah. I, I I think of the two, I actually prefer, I may have said this already, but I think I prefer Henry.
1: Oh, I like Henry better as a character, too. Yeah,
0: I prefer his character. But for Valerie, I, you know, there's no question that she's meant to be with Peter. Yeah. All right. And so that is Red Riding Hood. Next week, we will be talking about Red by Liesl Shirtliff, which is like a very dramatic change as we now go into a middle grade novel that will incorporate some other fairy tales as well in some really fun ways so uh that is your homework for next week if you're reading or listening or watching along um read by Liesl Sherliffe
1: and it's my homework too because I haven't read it yet
0: I am really excited to hear your thoughts on it
1: I'm excited to read it I really like what she did with Snow White and I'm excited to see how she tackles Red Riding Hood So if you want to connect with us, please give us a follow on Instagram and also join our Facebook group. You can find us both places at of slippers and spindles. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at of slippers and spindles at gmail.com.
0: And if you'd like to help out the podcast, especially as we are jumping back in and getting everything started again, you can jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It goes a really long way in helping other people find us. Other than that, I think that's everything we have for you this week. Cassie, anything else?
1: I do want to say that if you live in Greece and you're listening to us, um, thank you. We charted thank in you. Greece this month. We're
0: charting in Greece. We got an email from our, our, uh, hosting website that said, Hey, you're at like number seven, I think. 17, or I On think. But seven still, or 17, like, I don't remember in Greece. So and we were like, you know what? That's awesome.
1: If you're a listener from Greece, uh, please reach out to us because we're yeah. very interested in, in why that's happening. We're not going to look give close in the mouth, but
0: yeah yeah thank you for listening
1: I'm gonna add it to all of my like email bios and my resume
0: <laughs> the host of, of Slippers and Spindles number 17 in Greece in, Greece. in books and literature in Greece. yes
1: but no uh, other like- than that uh, it's been a great talking with you about this movie and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening and we'd love to chat with you more on Facebook or Instagram and until next time friends
0: See you next week!